Hey there, this is AJ. I'm so glad you've joined us today on Faith for My Generation podcast. I want to remind you that our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word, and our mission is to create a resource of teachings that build strong faith in God. You know, that really is my prayer, that as you hear this message today, that the power of God's Word, anointed by the Holy Spirit, will stir up your most holy faith in Him so that you can be a light and a witness and a testimony of the living God in this earth. I pray that this message will richly bless you and increase you in spirit, soul, and in body. Now, let's get to the message. Now you can hear me. What am I doing today? What am I doing today, Laura? I had the mic muted. My fault, my fault. Very sorry about that. Very sorry about that. We'll have to edit that out on the replay. I'm just jib-jabbing over here, and the mic is muted. I didn't even look to see. I have, like, protocols. I, you know what? I've actually done this before. You should be able to hear me now, Mr. Donnie, because uh, it's lagging. You know, there's about a 20-second delay between what I say and what you hear. So you should hear me now. Um, but that's my fault. You would think, at this point, I would know what I'm doing. And most times, I get away with pretending to know what I do. Uh, but you should be able to hear me now. I, you obviously can see me now. Uh, and like I said, I've got some protocols, but I did not go through those protocols apparently this morning. But we should be good now. No bumper music playing, and you can ha hear me now. So perfect. Thank you to my lovely, lovely wife who uh, has helped me both. Yes, we're finally up. Hey, Miss Suzanne, good to see you on the broadcast today. We're going to be finishing up our weekday broadcast of these series of teachings on this series, When You Pray. I hope it's blessed you as much as it's blessed me because it certainly has blessed me. I've, I've learned so much. Uh, I've enjoyed doing these with you, seeing everyone jump on and study along with me. I'm thankful for you. for, And I know this. I believe the Lord has something special for you, that the Lord's going to do something great and mighty in your life because you've taken time out of your day to study His Word to pray for His church, to pray for the body of Christ. And I believe right now we're going to see continual effectual change in our personal church and the body of Christ in America. Uh, our prayers, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, of a righteous woman, availeth much, does a whole lot of good, carries with it great, great amount of power to change things. Prayer changes our world. Remember, prayer is earthly license for heavenly encounter, heavenly invasion, heavenly interaction. And today, we're finishing up our weekday broadcast. Notice I said weekday because this coming Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Gospel Tabernacle, which most of y'all watching are Gospel Tabernacle folks, but if you're watching the replay or you jump on later and you're not part of the Gospel Tabernacle family, you're more than welcome to be a part. If you're in the Lawrence County area you don't have a home church, come join us. 743 East Main Street in Lawrence, South Carolina, right across from the Farm Bureau. Um, this coming Sunday at 1030, we're going to have uh, service. Uh, I believe the weather's going to be just fine to allow us to come here. Uh, that's what I'm praying as well. I don't mind looking and seeing the snow playing in it, but I not, don't care for it to shut down church. So my prayer is that it's all gone by Saturday at lunchtime. <laughs> So we can have Sunday morning service, and I'm going to be teaching 
the power of the name of Jesus about the power of the name of Jesus in prayer this coming Sunday. So make sure you join me 10.30 a.m. in person in the building. Of course, it's live streamed as, as well, but in person in the building. There's something about being in church among the body of Christ, among the faithful. But today, we're on our 11th. Can you imagine? 11. 11th topic, 11th teaching, 11th study. And today we're talking about prayer with fasting. Prayer and fasting. And um, I'm interested to see the turnout today. Uh, interested to see how many people might see the title. And being that it's lunchtime, just keep on scrolling because just the thought of hearing that word fasting makes them hungry. <laughs> but I want to encourage you that prayer and fasting, it is a biblical lifestyle. Fasting, and we're going to talk about what is fasting, why it's expected of us as Christians, as believers, uh, why it's necessary to be coupled with prayer. And um, it's important. It's important. Jesus taught it. Jesus expects, expects us to do it. It's commanded all through Scripture. And we're going to work our way through it. I want you to see the importance of this. When I was studying early this morning in time of prayer, the Lord laid this on my heart that fasting, though it, we're going to get into the exact details of what it is, but you probably have a good idea of what fasting is. It's pushing away the plate. It's not eating food for a certain amount of time. And In fact, Dr. Miles Monroe, who, who, who wrote a book, Understanding the Purpose and Power of Prayer, you, you might, under, might know where I got that subtitle now, and, and so much of what he wrote in that book I've been using as a teaching platform. It's a powerful book. You should read it by Dr. Miles Monroe. And he wrote this definition. He said, fasting is a conscious, intentional decision to abstain for a time from the pleasure of eating in order to gain vital spiritual benefits. I see some more people jumping on. And if you haven't, go ahead and share the broadcast because remember, today is giveaway day. And if you share the broadcast, you get an opportunity to win this book, Abide in Christ by Andrew Murray. Uh, so go ahead and share it. I see more people jumping on. But fasting is a conscious, intentional decision to abstain for a time, not forever, not your whole life, not till you die, but for a time from the pleasure of eating in order to gain vital spiritual benefits. And when I was studying this morning and getting before the Lord and seeking His, His understanding on this topic of prayer with fasting, he, he laid this in my heart. He said that fasting is a spiritual activity that is displayed through a physical effort. It's a spiritual activity displayed through a physical effort. It's allowing your spirit, it's putting your spirit, who you really are, in charge and quietening the voice of your, of your flesh and your soul. Know this, we are a spirit. When we get saved, that's what gets saved and recreated and made a new creation in Christ. Our spirit. The book of Ephesians says that when we were dead in sins, our spirit was dead in sin. But when we get saved, our dead in sin spirit becomes alive and recreated and raised from the dead with Christ Jesus. Now, our spirit is who we are, but we have a soul. Our soul is the seat and throne of our emotions, our will, our imaginations, our thought life. Our soul must be renewed. 
by the teaching and reading and studying and confessing and praying the Word of God. The Word of God renews our soul. It makes our soul have the knowledge of God. And our flesh is the body we live in. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. And our flesh, our body, what so much of our world lives and is, is absorbed by, we're absorbed <laughs> by the flesh. Sometimes I say we generally, not you and I, not children, not children of God. We Children of God cannot be absorbed and ruled by the flesh. The Bible tells us in Galatians 5 that the flesh is enmity, waging war against the spirit. But we allow the spirit to be king under our life. Pastor Leon said this uh, probably sometime last year at this point. But when he said it, it just it's one of those things I heard and it's stuck in my spirit. And it's there. He said, under the lordship of Jesus Christ, your spirit is king. Under the lordship of Jesus Christ, your spirit is king of your life. Meaning that the soul and the body, the flesh, are servants, slaves. Dr. Lester Sumrall said this. I, yesterday I had the opportunity to re, uh, record a podcast episode uh, with evangelist Preston Shuttlesworth. And that'll be on Faith for My Generation podcast coming out next week. So if you like podcasts, find me, Faith for My Generation podcast, wherever you find podcasts. And you'll be able to hear that interview. And, he, and we made this point. He was talking about the power of prayer and fasting. And Dr. Lester Sumrall would say this, your soul and your flesh make terrible masters, but wonderful slaves. And that's what it is. You're, you, you don't abuse your body. You're not beating your body up, but you put your flesh under the submission of God's truth and God's will and God's word. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the power of prayer with fasting. So let's go ahead and start. We're, we're starting same place as we always have. And it's this, Matthew 6, Matthew 6, verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues, on the corners of the streets, and they may, that they may be seen by men. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. Hey, Miss Shirley, good to see you on Facebook. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father in heaven knows the things you have need of before you ask him. And of course, Mark 11, verse 24. Mark 11, verse 24. You probably know it by heart by now. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray... Believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Hey, Miss Beverly, good to see you on Facebook. Now, getting into this topic of prayer and fasting, and how important it is. Hey, Miss Shirley Cook, good to see you on Facebook as well. It's good to see how important this spiritual discipline 
the spiritual activity that is displayed through physical effort. Hey, Miss Mary Jo, good to have you on Facebook. Prayer with fasting is part of the natural Christian life, the normal Christian life. Let's call it that. The normal Christian life involves this spiritual activity, fasting, which is displayed through physical effort. It's no different than your prayer life. Imagine you have to discipline yourself for prayer, right? We've done this. You're doing this right now. You're stopping other activities to come on and study about prayer. And then at the end of the broadcast, again, we're going to pray for the church in America, pray for our personal church, Gospel Tabernacle, and pray for revival in this nation. That's a spiritual discipline, but it's displayed through, displayed through physical effort. Because you've said, I'm not going to do something else. I'm not going to go grocery shopping right now. I'm going to take a time off, you know, if I'm at work, instead of sitting down in the cafeteria, I'm watching this broadcast. Uh, if you're watching or listening to the replay, instead of listening or watching TV or doing something else. And it's not that those things are sinful at all. It's just instead of, I'm going to do this instead. You've disciplined yourself because I want to learn more about prayer. I want to build my faith up in the area of prayer and answered prayer. And it's, you've done something physically. You've done something mentally. You made a decision in your mind and you carried it out by your actions. And fasting is no different. It is, as I, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, is what Dr. Miles Monroe gave it a definition of, a conscious, intentional decision. You make a decision to abstain for a time from the pleasure of eating in order to gain vital spiritual benefits. Now, fasting is mentioned one-third of the amount of times in, uh, as prayer is in the Bible. So I don't know the exact list because translations sometimes change the words a little bit. But for, for example's sake, let's say the word prayer and teaching on prayer is mentioned a thousand times. We'll give it an easy number in the Bible. Then, then fasting is mentioned 333 times. So for the amount of times that prayer is mentioned in the Bible... Fasting is mentioned a third of that same amount of time. And you always see it connected. Prayer and fasting are connected. Really, prayer and fasting is two parts of a single ministry. Prayer and fa fasting is just an add-on to your prayer life. Now, what, is, what fasting is not? Fasting is not a hunger strike. Let's, let's go through a few things of what fasting is not first. Fasting is not a hunger strike. It's not, I'm going to not eat and, and, and move the hand of God. No, I don't need to move God. God is perfect in His ways. He's just and righteous and holy. And he has, it's, it's the finished work of Christ Jesus at the cross of Calvary, being made alive in our lives, by the power of His resurrection, the Holy Spirit. So I'm not moving God in times of prayer with fasting. What I'm doing is, I, I, God doesn't need to move. He's perfect. And I'm not going to move God by you know pushing away the plate, pushing food away. What's going to take place is, I'm going to move myself into a better place to receive from God. Fasting's not a hunger strike. It's not, well, I'm not going to eat until God answers my prayer. That's not fasting. I'm not making God do something. I can't make God do something anyway. We've seen this through area of prayer. 
Sure, we reason with God. We bring his word before him in remembrance. But it's all, Lord, I see this is your will. And by faith, I receive it. And fasting is an add-on to your prayer life that just puts you in a greater level of consecration for a time. You know, you can't fast your whole life, obviously. You're going to have to eat. You're going to have, and naturally, you just got to discipline yourself, right? Um, I'm going to just care, talk just a few minutes on the benefits, the natural benefits of fasting in a moment. But you, you, you live with food. You live with coworkers. You live around other people. You, ha, you have, probably everyone has a TV. Apparently, you all have a way to watch Facebook and YouTube. So you've got technology. All those things you can have. It's not sinful. It's not wrong. It's not God saying you can't ever have pleasure. You can't ever have fun. It's you learn to discipline and manage those things and bring glory to God through how you live this life. But there are times where you will have a time of prayer with fasting. And I make that point to always say prayer with fasting. Prayer with fasting. And it may sound a little redundant why I'm teaching today because I don't want it to ever be just fasting. Understand this. There are religions, just about every religion on the earth prays and fasts. But they don't, here's the thing. They don't expect an answer from their God. They pray and fast and they hurt and harm and abuse their bodies in some ways, but they don't, they don't ever expect God, their God to hear them. In, the, in Bible Christianity, though, when we put ourselves in a place to pray to God, we expect an answer. And prayer with fasting just doubles down on our commitment, on our side because God's perfect on His. It doubled, it doubled down the commitment on our side to say, Lord, I'm so serious about this. I want you to understand, Father, my heart is so single and so pinpoint in faith on this particular thing I'm praying about that for a time, I don't even care about feeding my body. I'm going to instead, I'm going to pray and study the Word even more. That's important. Pray, fasting is not a hunger strike. Understand, that's right. They're praying to a God, not the God, not Jehovah. That's exactly right, Suzanne. Fasting is not a hunger strike. It's not, I'm just not going to eat. If you, go, if you have a time of prayer and fasting, a day, three days, however long the Lord might lead you, or however long you decide, we'll talk about that in a second, that you, you, can, make, you can just make a decision to be obedient to the Word of God. And, to, and enter into a time of prayer with fasting. But however long you do it, you shouldn't allow that extra time. And let me tell you something. You will pick up time when you're praying and fasting. Imagine the time that we spend per thinking about what we're going to eat, going to the grocery store to buy the food, preparing it, putting it away, you know, putting it in the fridge and the freezers, getting it out and thawing it, preparing it, planning ahead, what we're going to eat for lunch, what we're going to eat for supper, getting it out, cutting it up, dicing it up, seasoning it, marinating it, cooking it, eating it, cleaning, putting away the leftovers, put everything, clean up, dishwasher, dish, or become the dishwasher, wash it yourself, and then put everything back away, and then four or six hours later, we do it all again. Let me tell you something. You'll pick up three, four, five, six hours in a day when, you're, when you've set aside time to pray and fast. Don't use that time. Well, I've got all this time. I guess I'm going to start painting and remodeling the house. 
I'm not pushing away the plate for a time to remodel the house or to work more hours at work. If you're going to enter in a time of prayer with fasting, that time that you are normally eating, you should be praying. You should be reading the Bible. And I've, I've done that. I've made this mistake. Look, I've made some mistakes. I've, I've had a discipline of prayer and fasting, something I felt the Lord put, you know, just as a Christian, necessary for me to do. And then even a greater degree as coming into ministry, I've, I've seen my father's example, how he has had a lifestyle of praying with fasting. And I see these mighty men and women of God that they had the power of God move through their lives uh, through prayer and fasting. I, a good friend of mine, he's running a thriving business that he started after a three-day time of prayer with fasting and he got confirmation from the Lord. Is this what I'm supposed to do with my life? And it produced a multi-million dollar business. I have another friend who is now happily married, four or five years into marriage, happily married, and married the woman. And how did he know? He said, I, he went into a time of prayer and fasting. Lord, is this the right woman? You get to a place where you come to a time, different times and seasons of your life, where you realize the decisions I'm going to make are so immense and so large, I can't do it haphazardly. And I need to go to God before in prayer. And that you may just feel, you know what? Just for a time, I'm just going to double down on prayer, triple down on prayer. And I've made this habit. If I enter into a time of prayer and fasting, I will at least pray twice as much than I normally pray. And now I'm a numbers person. I count everything. God is a numbers person as well. He wrote an entire book and named it Numbers. He showed Ezekiel the heavenly temple and told him to measure it. He shows John the Revelator, the New Jerusalem, and shows him the measurements of it. God's a numbers person. So I, I, I hit a stopwatch when I'm praying because I want to discipline myself. This is a certain amount of time every day that I commit to you, Lord. And if I'm in a time of prayer and fasting, that doubles at least, sometimes triples. What else am I going to do? Sit around and just sit hungry on the couch thinking about, I can't wait until this day's over so I can eat tomorrow. That's worthless. It's not a hunger strike. It's taking a certain amount of time to invest in your spirit and feeding your spirit. Now, I want you to see this. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, we talked about, we've read this every day for the past two weeks. And Jesus makes this statement, when you pray. Well, obviously the word when means he expects us to pray. Now, if you go on in Matthew 6 and get to verse 16, Jesus says this, Moreover, when you fast... When you fast, not if you fast, not if you feel like it and decide to one day, this is how to fast. Jesus says, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, but you, when you fast, anoint your head with oil, wash your face. You know, that, that's a good instruction from the Word of God for some people, whether they're fasting or not. Get up and take a bath and comb your hair. It will do miracle-working wonders. <laughs> you, you see some people, Lord bless them, and you think, you know, we do live in a modern-day age in society where there's running water and you can comb your hair. <laughs> but he's saying here, when, I better move on before I get in trouble. When you fast... 
anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. We're not fast. If you go in a time of prayer and fasting, rather I should say when, when you pray and fast, when you pray and fast, don't let other people know it. Now, you don't need to hide as a hermit, per se, or, or feel that everything I've done in prayer and fasting is all lost if someone finds out. Obviously, I'm married. Laura knows every time when I pray and fast. There may be like, if I do a, a one-day time of prayer and fasting where I, I fast for the day, um, that's right, Donnie. That's right. You thought ahead of me when you fast, not if. Uh, Laura, if it's a, like a one-day thing and maybe she's doing work and got different things in the evening and it's, we're kind of coming and going, she may, it, I might go the whole day and she might not know it. But obviously my, my wife's going to know I'm praying and fasting. Hey, honey, you haven't sat down at the table in seven nights. Uh, anything wrong? Did I do something wrong? No, I, I, obviously she's going to know. But you don't go around... <sighs> For those on the podcast, I'm looking very despaired and, and very distraught. <sighs> What's wrong, AJ? Oh, nothing. I'm just fasting unto the Lord. Hmm. Just becoming more holy. I am hungry, but oh, how I do love the Lord. Hmm. One day I too will eat a double cheeseburger again, but... I'm fasting unto God today. No, we don't do it to be seen of men. That's ridiculous. I don't need the reward that man can give me, which is, oh, wow, aren't you so holy? Man, hmm. You sure you don't want any Doritos? I don't need man's reward. I want God to reward me openly when I meet him in the secret place. And when I fast, I do it unto the Lord. So first thing, when you fast, you do it unto the Lord. Fasting is unto the Lord. Put that in the comment section. Fasting is unto the Lord. It's unto the Lord. You know, we can see this. There's so many things, and this is such a powerful concept. All through Scripture, we're commanded to do things that are displayed naturally. Again, what is fasting? It's a spiritual activity displayed through physical effort. But it's no, it's no different than your tithe and your offering. When you give tithe and offering, what are you doing? You're taking physical money that you earned through physical work and you give it to the work of the gospel. Naturally, I'm giving money to the church. I'm giving money to evangelistic associations. I'm giving money to ministries so that they can make the gospel famous. Because it costs money to do live streams, to be on broadcast. It costs money. Hey, Rick, good to see you on YouTube. It costs money to do these things. It just does. Jesus said, don't you realize I have to be about my father's business? Doing business, even spiritual business, costs money because you're doing it in a natural world. Okay, same thing with prayer. I physically shut myself off and separate and silence all the distractions so that I can pray so that I can get before the face of God. It's a spiritual activity that requires some physical effort, and fasting's no different. When I help the needy, when I help the poor, when I give food to someone who doesn't have food, when I give someone uh, and help give them clothes and help them get clothed or help them get on their feet and show them the love of Christ, that's a physical effort, but it's a spiritual activity. Because the Bible says when I help someone who can't help themselves, I'm actually... You, you would have heard this if you tuned in on Wednesday. Many of you did. When I help someone that can't help me back, 
I'm actually doing it unto the Lord, and He repays me on their behalf. It's a spiritual activity that is displayed physically, and that's all fasting is. Fasting is, you've got to see this, fasting is part of the Christian life. Put that in the comment section. Fasting is part of the Christian life. Fasting is part of the Christian life. Fasting is part of the Christian life. Jesus said it right there in Matthew 6, 16. When you fast. Verse 17. When you fast. When you fast. When you fast. It's a command. Not if. When. When you pray. When you fast. And if you go on to Matthew 7, when you give. When you fast. Or excuse me, I'm sorry. The first part of Matthew 6. Matthew 6. When you, when you give. When you pray. When you fast. Now, what is the purpose of fasting? What is the purpose? Because you need to have this in your heart and your spirit. You need to have in your heart and spirit, why am I doing this? Why is this necessary? Because if not, about seven hours into your day, two hours past lunchtime, your stomach's going to try to say, are you sure we have to do this? About nine hours into this time, when you, you, you say you're going to have a, a day, you know, Lord, I'm going to consecrate this day to pray and fast. And, I'm, and also understand this, when you're praying and fasting, it's not just about food. You don't need to be hanging out with everybody all, you know, for four hours in the evening, just chit-chatting, having fun. It's not sinful. That's great. It's great to have good Christian friends, good people to laugh and have fun. That's fine. But during a, if you're going to have a day, Let's just take a 24-hour period. To, you know, this Saturday, uh, today's Friday. Tomorrow, I'm going to pray and fast, and I'm going to seek God, and, and we're going to get into this in just a minute. But prayer and fasting so often is for the purpose of supplication and intercession. Standing in the gap or praying for the body of Christ, your local church, for the ministry work of Jesus, for the lost to be saved. So much of prayer and fasting in the Bible is so that my prayers will come and work God's power in someone else's life or in a nation, right? And so, if to, all right, tomorrow I'm going to pray and fast. Let's say that. Tomorrow I'm going to pray and fast, okay? You don't need to have 19 things you're doing tomorrow and pray 17 minutes and read three verses in your Bible. You're just going to go all day hungry, you just didn't eat. The purpose of prayer and fasting is not to not eat. The purpose of prayer with fasting is to gain more time to worship God. The purpose of fasting is seeking God. My spirit, I'm making a decision. I'm going to spend more time, more time feeding my spirit than my body. Today, body, just letting you know, today I'm feasting on the Word of God. I'm feasting at the buffet of prayer. And right now, you're not getting fed. And look, you ain't going to die. I know your body will tell you that you're dying. It's been seven hours and we haven't eaten. I'm going to die. No, you won't die. You won't die. And let me tell you something. When I hear people say, especially Christians, why well, I'm hangry. What's hangry? It's when it's, what is it? Anger, hunger? 
when someone gets hungry, they get more irritable and angry? Well, yeah. When your, when your blood sugar drops, you can be more irritable. If you, would, if you allow your body to rule you, no Christian needs to go around being hangry. I'm hangry. No, I don't allow my flesh to control me. And prayer and fasting will put you in a place where you realize just because it's been three hours past lunchtime, well, you know, maybe you're out doing something important. Uh, well, I wish we could hurry up and finish here so we go eat some lunch. I mean, you need to control yourself. You need to get a grasp on your body. I mean, like, you can manage this. That You're not going to die. <laughs> if you get hangry, you do need to enter into a time of prayer and fasting and crucify that flesh and allow the voice of that flesh to just shut up. Body, shut up. I'm not abusing you, but fasting is a time of, I'm seeking God. Right now, body, you, you're on the back burner. My spirit is getting fed. And just like, think about this, just like a, a, a professional athlete has a complete eating regimen, this is what I eat in the morning. This is my mid-morning snack. This is lunch. This is what I eat before I train. This is what I eat at night. I eat this type of ratio of protein and fat and carbs before I train. I re eat a different ratio, a different percentage amounts after I train for recovery. I do all these things so that I can be at my peak performance. Paul made that point that professional athletes, they will train their bodies and put their body under submission of the training program so that they can win a race. But the race they're competing in is a temporal race. It's a race that's here today and gone tomorrow. But you and I are racing and running the path of faith. We're running the race of faith. And it is necessary to put our flesh and our soul under the submission of the Word of God so that when we run the race, we can run it free of weight and sin and hit the target, which is eternal life and a life lived glorifying God. That's the race we're running. That's the race we're running. And that may require putting the body under, it requires putting the body under submission, which prayer and fasting is you flexing your spiritual muscles and tamping down the voice of the body. What's the purpose of fasting? Putting God first. Jeremiah 29, 13, the Lord said this, When you seek me with all your heart, then you'll find me. Then you'll find me. Prayer with fasting puts you in that place of all your heart. Do you always have to pray with fasting just to seek God with all your heart? No, but it's an excellent addition. It's a powerful way to get all the other noise of the body, of the soul, quieted down. I just realized this is lunchtime. Feel free to eat lunch while you're listening to this on prayer and fasting. I've, I've listened to teachings on prayer and fasting while eating. No problem. You probably just got instantly hungry when we started talking about prayer and fasting. It's okay. It's all right. No one said you had to do it right now, but you need to understand prayer and fasting is part of the Christian life. Now, I want you to put this in the comment section. This is powerful. What does prayer with fasting do? It creates an environment for prayer. Prayer with fasting creates an environment for prayer. Creates an environment for prayer. You can put fasting. Fasting creates an environment for prayer. Because we got fasting and prayer in that same system. Sittance. 
If you're listening to podcasts, say that out loud. Fasting creates an environment for prayer. It puts you in a place where you've turned off everything else for a time, not forever. For a time. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you in a time of prayer and fasting. And He'll let you know how long. And He'll let you know when to break the fast. But then there's sometimes, look, we're Christians. We have recreated spirits that desire God. You don't have to have the Holy Spirit wake you up. Tomorrow you will fast all day. He could. But you can also just choose, Lord, you know what? I love you. I love you so much. I just, I want to get a clear understanding. You know, I'm, I've got a big decision coming up at work. Should I take this promotion? And I, I want to know if it's the right thing for me. And, and you know what? Tomorrow, I'm just going to, I'm just going to set up that time aside for prayer with fasting. And, and I just believe that as I consecrate myself and enter into a greater, more fervent period of prayer, that um, I'm going to get an answer and you're going to give me wisdom because you give me wisdom liberally for, to anyone that asks. And He will. He will answer you. He will answer you. He will answer you. I'm going to share a couple testimonies on prayer and fasting in, in just a second here. But prayer, you're writing in the comments now, prayer and fasting, fasting creates an environment for prayer. And as I mentioned, so much of what we see in the Bible of prayer and fasting, it was for the intercession of others. You know what? Is If they're... That's exactly right. What does prayer with fasting do? It, fasting puts you in an environment for creating prayer. So many of the examples that we see in the Bible, people prayed with fasting so that they could have more time to pray and more energy directed toward spiritual things on the behalf of other people. Let's think about this. Moses, he goes on... Now, he has a supernatural fast because he's on the mountain in the presence of God. But he's there for 40 days, so it counts. He didn't talk, or he didn't eat. He didn't eat. We don't even know if he drank water, honestly. But he's living off the supernatural presence of the living God. But notice this. After that time of 40 days and nights, he comes down from the mountain with the law, the, the Ten Commandments, and the law of God to Israel. Now think about the Ten Commandments. Moses got that during a time of prayer and fasting. Yeah, but he was talking to God, like right there, face to face. Yeah, you are too when you pray. Spiritually, absolutely. You're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So when you pray, imagine yourself in the throne room that you boldly enter into, the throne room of the Father. That's where you are when you pray. Moses, in this time of prayer and fasting, comes down with the law. How many nations, including America, have their entire judicial system founded on those Ten Commandments. Dozens upon dozens of nations, their entire judicial system is founded on the Ten Commandments that Moses got for a nation and the nations of the earth from a time of prayer and fasting. Think about this. In the book of Daniel, when he's a much older man, probably in his late 70s, early 80s, he has been the, a, a bureaucrat, but a godly one, a, a diplomat, a politician, a government official for three kings and two kingdoms. And at the later end of his life, he sees the words of Jeremiah concerning the judgment on Israel come to pass, and the 70 years of judgment have expired, but they're still in captivity. 
So Daniel begins to set himself to pray and fast. And he gets a heavenly encounter. The angel, the messenger of God comes to him after a time of prayer and fasting with 21 day, of 21 days and gives him not only the answer he was looking for, but shows him things to come. The end of all times in the new heavens and the new earth in the throne room of Jehovah. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things and show you things to come. The Lord will reveal to you things to come. Notice this again, Jesus. Jesus, he prays and fasts. Look at this. In Luke, uh, I believe this, Luke, well, we can go to Matthew 4, I know as well, but Luke 4, I think Luke 4 is the, the passage I want to see. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. At that point, he hit real hunger. After 40 days, he hit true, real hunger. Okay? That's, at that point, his body said, okay, we're really hungry now because we're going to have to start eating muscle tissue and organs. That He got to a point of true starvation. I want to tell you something. When, it, when it's 1148... And you say, hmm, I'm getting hungry. It's actually habit. It's actually just the digestive juices in your stomach saying, okay, we've used everything up. Let, let's send some more food down. That's what it is. It's not true, true hunger. It's more so habit hunger. Now notice this. He's, prayer, he's going in prayer and fasting. But look, by the Spirit, he's led to pray and fast for 40 days in the wilderness. Verse 14 of the same chapter. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Notice, he was baptized in the River Jordan and the Holy Spirit, like a dove, not, not a dove, the Holy Spirit is God, not a, not a bird, but in the image, the vision, like a dove, came down on Jesus. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit without measure. Okay, that's what it was. He walked this earth as a man filled full with the fullness of the Holy Spirit without measure. But it was after the time of prayer and fasting that he came with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was on him, but after a time of prayer with fasting, he had the power of the Holy Spirit to be manifest in Galilee and all the regions around so that he could teach and preach and heal the sick. Jesus prayed with fasting. Peter prayed with fasting. He was praying and fasting on a rooftop, and he gets a vision for the righteous man Cornelius who's seeking salvation. And what happens from a time of prayer and fasting with Peter? He ends up going to Cornelius' house, who is not a Jew, but a Gentile, and Cornelius and his whole household get saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost. And from there, all the apostles, who were Jewish by the heritage, say, well, I guess God wants to save the Gentiles too. Prayer and fasting brought salvation to the Gentiles. Paul prayed and fasted. It says in the book of 1 Corinthians where he lists all these things that he has endured for the gospel's sake. It says, in fasting often. Notice this. In a time where they were in that great storm when Paul is being taken to Rome and he tells them, don't go to sea. It's not a good time to travel by sea. In the Roman centurions and Roman leadership, they didn't listen. Now we're going anyway because this isn't a good place to stay all winter. So they left against Paul's godly wisdom. 
Well, when they get there, there's this massive sea storm. And they all pray. Paul tells them, y'all pray and you're all going to fast with me for 14 days. And at the end of that time, Paul says, God, his, he sent his angel, whose I am. The, the God that I serve sent his angel. And he said, we're going to be fine. No one's dying. Now the ship's going to be destroyed, but we will be fine. And they were. Time of prayer and fasting. But he said fasting's often. Now, I want you to see this as we come to a close. There's so much, so much to be said about this. And again, it's just really a general overview. And in fact, there's so many good books on this topic of prayer and fasting. Uh, but uh, a, a wonderful, powerful evangelist, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., you can find him on YouTube. You can find him on Facebook. I would suggest Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I would suggest you go find him, powerful man of God. He wrote this book, The Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting. It answers so much on prayer and fasting. It's, it's great. You need to get it. Um, and it's because today's just a general overview. But I want you to see this. In Isaiah 59, uh, notice the, or Isaiah 58, notice this. The Lord says this. <clears throat> he, he's talking to Israel because Israel's saying, look, we're, we're fasting and praying, but you don't hear us, Lord. And God says, the problem is, you're just doing it for, for show of men, what Jesus said in Matthew 6. You're praying and fasting, but you're still lying. You're still cheating. You're still stealing. You're still talking bad about one another. You're still hurting one another. You're not praying and fasting and actually doing righteous work and righteous living. You're praying and fasting and still serving your flesh. You're just doing it for show. And God says this, verse 5, Is this the fast that I've chosen? God has a chosen fast. There's a book called that, God's Chosen Fast. I think it's by Arthur Wallace. And he says this, a day for a man to afflict his soul. Fasting brings you into a place of mourning, not just your flesh, but also your soul gets a hold of it. And it, it feels like a time of mourning because you're pouring out your spirit for something. Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush, to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and acceptable to a day to the Lord? Verse 6, is this not the fast that I've chosen? Notice this. What should prayer and fasting, what kind of effects should prayer and fasting have in your life, in the life around for the people you're praying? Is this not the fast that I've chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. That you bring, your ha bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, you clothe them. And you hide not yourself from your own flesh, your own family. Notice this. When you pray and fast, what happens? Verse 8 of Isaiah 58. Then shall your light break forth like the morning. Your understanding. You'll get wisdom when you pray and fast. You'll gain insight spiritually when you pray and fast. Your health shall speedily spring forth. You'll receive healing in your body when you pray and fast. Now, naturally, just not even Christians, secular medical doctors will tell you that if you, if you fast, not even pray with fast, just they're just doing it from a human, natural mindset. If you just want, you know, just don't eat, just drink tons of water for one day, your body will clean itself out of all the gunk sitting in your intestines. And if you eat just normal American food, you've got junk hanging around in those intestines. 
and you for a day or two days or three days even. I I follow some this guy on Instagram. He's just a weightlifting guru type guy, and he will fast for an entire day, 24 hours, twice a week, just because it's healthy. When you fast, it's amazing. This there are and 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 brother Ted has that in his book. There are scientific doctoral studies of people who fast and in your, what things that take place while you're fasting don't normally take place such as stem cells begin to uh, repair themselves you're, all, you're at the cellular level your body will repair itself when you fast now isn't that so interesting that what god has commanded us to do as a spiritual discipline has a physical effect on us and and no one smile no one get giddy because you don't pray and fast to lose weight. But a side benefit, a fringe benefit of prayer with fasting is you'll lose that extra weight that you didn't need to carry anyway. It's not doing you any good. Now, if you don't discipline yourself and you go right back to your old habits, anything you lose when you're praying and fasting, you'll gain it right back and more. But the same discipline it takes to push the plate away, hey, Miss Debbie, good to have you on Facebook. The same discipline it takes to push the plate away, use that in your day-to-day -day life to say, I'm going to honor this temple that God's given me. And when you pray and fast, your body, just naturally, your health will spring forth. And people that aren't even Christians are getting benefits from that, just naturally, because God designed your body to repair itself. And when you just give your digestive system time to rest, I'm going to tell you something. When you pray and fast... You know, whatever time, and, and you're not going to die. I'm telling you, your flesh is going to scream a little, but it will soon to be, be quiet. Around day four, five, six, it'll really show out. And that's because all the toxins in your body, you can taste it coming out in your tongue, and, and not to get graphic, but when you still need to use the restroom a little bit, it, it's just cleaning you out. Dr. Miles Monroe, in, in that book, Understanding the Purpose and Power of Prayer, he has a chapter on fasting. And he says fasting's like spiritual Drano. It just makes the pipes cleaner. But it's also like natural Drano. It cleans you out physically. But what is it doing? It's quietening the voice of the flesh. Because around day seven, your flesh just gives up. It quits talking to you. And, and over time, you, believe it or not, it's like around day seven, day eight, your energy just goes through the roof. I mean, it feels like you can, I know this sounds crazy, but you could pray and fast for 14 days. And on day 14, when you finally break the fast, you, you, you will feel like you can run a marathon. Because all the physical energy your body takes to digest food, it's using to repair the body. Because your health springs forth. Notice this, your righteousness shall go before you. When you consecrate yourself with prayer and fasting, Mighty men of God, Charles Finney, John Wesley. John Wesley would not ordain a minister in the Methodist church. Now, I'm talking about when it was Holy Ghost-filled Methodist church. Fire preaching. John Wesley got kicked out of churches because the anointing was on him, because dead religious people didn't like him. I'm talking about real Holy Ghost ministers. He would not ordain a minister unless they committed to pray with fasting and fast every Wednesday and Friday to 4 o'clock. And even then, when they broke the fast, they didn't do, you know, they didn't have the luxury of hitting up Sonic or Wendy's or Zagsby's and get a thousand calorie meal. They broke it with soup broth and a slice of bread. 
they, they learned the early church in the book of Acts church, we can see from extra biblical resources, not the Bible, but extra biblical writings show us that they all say that the early book of Acts, Holy Ghost, Signs and Wonders church would pray and fast on average two days a week. Now, notice Jesus said when. He never said how much you have to or how little. But don't, don't live the nominal Christian life of what can I barely do to get the most from God? I don't want to live that life. I'm not saying, Lord, what is the least amount I can do but get all you've got for me? No, I want to be sold out for the things of God. I want to be so focused and committed to the things of God that I'm not asking what, you know, Lord, what's the bare minimum? I'm saying, what can I do more? I want to do more. And prayer and fasting puts you in a place of, you know what? I enjoy food just as much as the next person, but there's something about this extra time in prayer that I love. There's something about being able, maybe my daily reading plan is to go through the Bible in a year, which is three chapters a day, but there's something about being able to read the Bible for an hour. Man, I just love that. And you'll get to a point where you're like, I don't know if I really want to have to eat again, but you've got to. You've got to. You're not supposed to not eat and die. That's not the purpose. But you, you, it's so powerful. And I want to encourage you, if you've not brought in this biblical command into your life to add times of fasting with your prayer life, you need to. Now, before you pray and fast, if you're not daily praying and daily studying your Bible, don't say, well, bless God tomorrow, I'm going to pray and fast, and you haven't read your Bible in seven days. Go ahead and start praying and reading your Bible daily. That will do you more good than just not eating tomorrow or whenever. But once you have developed a discipline and a love life and a love language of prayer and reading your Bible, then Sometimes by the Spirit, sometimes just because you want to. You know, my wife's watching right now, and sometimes I give her gifts, flowers, take her out to eat because it's her birthday, because it's our anniversary. Or, husbands, get ready, Valentine's Day's coming up. Or Valentine's Day. So sometimes I do it because of a day of the calendar. But then sometimes I give her gifts or bring home flowers or take her out to eat to a nice place just because I want to. You know, you can do something. There, If the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, do it. But you know you can voluntarily just do some of these commitment-type things, these consecration-type things. Think about it with giving. I have give, The Holy Spirit has point-blank said, you give this amount to this ministry, and I did it. I may, you know, may have sweated a little bit writing that check, but I did it. But then there's been some times I've just said, I just want to do this. I just want to bless because the nature of God's in me. The nature of God's in you. 2 Peter 1 tells you that when you got saved, God put his divine nature in you. And sometimes you experience that flow, that extreme flow of the divine nature at a greater manifestation of prayer and fasting. Okay, we're coming up. I'm going to go a few minutes over today. Uh, but this is, this is powerful, and I hope you're being blessed by this. Uh, here's a testimony of prayer and fasting. Well, okay, for me personally, I'm now, I'm now you know, full-time ministry. I, wanted to, I, wanted, I want you to know this, and it's not, I'm not bragging. 
and I don't want to necessarily go into great detail because, you know, Jesus said, you know, you don't pray to fast to get men's reward. But then again, there's times of corporate fasting. There's times of teaching on fasting. Jesus taught about fasting. Jesus told the entire world, everyone that reads the Bible, that's ever read the Bible, that he fasted. So it's not that you can't ever tell someone about your experience of prayer and fasting, but you don't go around for the purpose of, oh, I pray and fast all the time, brother. Oh, wow, I wish I could be like you. No, that's not the purpose. The purpose here is teaching. Uh, I'm in full-time ministry now. But I didn't want to get this wrong. I want you to understand that like in high school and college, my plan was to be a business person and to buy and sell houses. I thought I could buy and sell houses. I thought I could flip houses, do some investing, and play music. Not, not even like be a sinner. I was going to be a Christian and do all those things. But I did not have my eyes set on what God had purposed and knit me together for. I wanted to buy and sell houses. I wanted to invest in real estate. I wanted to invest in just investment in stock market and mutual funds, things like that. Grow wealth. Be a business, a Christian businessman, spirit-filled businessman. And then play music and just have fun and do those type things. Nothing, not evil, not backslide on God. But I was not set on full-time ministry. But I kept, the call of God kept pulling my heart. And it kept pulling my heart. And, and I knew I couldn't run because I knew that if I ran, God was going to send a big old fish to swallow me up. I've read the book of Jonah, y'all. I know what happens. I couldn't run. I wasn't that foolish. But I kept, I don't know, Lord. Surely I can, surely I can just go make a lot of money and give it to people that are in the ministry. But when I finally surrendered to the call of God, and it wasn't like, you know, fighting tooth and toenail, but it, it, it's just the call got greater. The pull got stronger. The loving pull of the Holy Ghost got stronger. And I want to tell you, I spent so many days, not necessarily back to back, but again and again and again, to pray and fast. I said, Lord, I don't want to do this just because many of you know me. I don't want to do this because my father's a pastor. I'm not doing this just, but, well, you know, his dad's a preacher, so he's a preacher too. I don't, you know, I don't want people, well, you know, he probably couldn't get a, a, a real job somewhere, so he's just working at the church now. No. Someone can say that if they want to, but it will hit me like water on a duck's back and roll off. It will not affect me. I know that I'm called to pastor and teach at this church, and I know that I'm called to this county. This, I pray, Lord, give me Lawrence County. It's my inheritance in Jesus' name. I know my calling. How am I so certain on that? Through time, much prayer, and sometimes prayer with fasting. Another testimony. My wife, Laura, who's watching, uh, at her previous employment, she, after she had Naomi, she, had, she was blessed with, I think was, she can correct me if I'm wrong in comments, but I think three months of maternity, paid maternity leave, powerful blessing, wonderful blessing. Um, but what, the longer she stayed home with Naomi, those three months, she did not want to go back to work. And, and she said, I want to be able to contribute. I, I like working. I enjoy doing it, but I don't want to go back in full-time capacity. I want to stay home with my baby. She wanted to stay home with, her with our daughter. So I said, well, why don't we just pray about it? And I went and look, think about this. Look, I know I'm a few minutes over, but stick with me. I'm just, it's Friday. It's a free-for-all. Stick with me. I'm going over. She is nursing, full-time nursing mother. Laura is full-time nursing Naomi. She can't pray and fast nursing. She's, that's not wisdom. That's, God doesn't, you, you, there's one time 
There's one time where you see God says, everybody pray and fast, but it was only for a day anyway. One time in Scripture. Generally, it's not, you know, pregnant women don't need to pray and fast. They're, rape, they're creating this creation of God in their womb. That baby needs nutrients. There are times to pray and fast and times not to pray and fast. Understand that. Use godly wisdom. So what did we do? I prayed and fasted. I went into a time of prayer and fasting on her behalf. We're, we're one. We're married. I prayed with fasting on her behalf. And after three days of that time, prayer and fasting, she talks. I, 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 I said, well, in four days, you're talking to your employer. So the next three days, we, I prayed and fasted and we prayed together. She did her praying too. She did not pray because she's nursing, but she doesn't need to pray, pray with fasting while she's nursing. She's consuming so many calories doing that. So I did it on her behalf. We did it together praying, and I fasted on her behalf. Well, three days that, so fourth day, her, she's talking to her employer. And her employer, notice this, y'all. This is powerful. God gets the glory for this. Her employer told her before maternity leave, because Laura had kind of broached the idea about working from home and working part-time. And her employer told her before she went on maternity leave, there will be no opportunity for you to work at home. You will have to come back to the office. That Her immediate boss said that. You're going to have to come back to the office. There will not be any opportunity for you at home work, and you need to come back full-time. Well, she goes in that interview, that, that boss that said that, in the three-month maternity leave, she's gone. She's no longer there. So she ends up talking to her old boss's boss. And what does the higher-up boss say? Well, Laura, what do you want to do? And Laura just plainly said it, asking you shall receive, right? Laura said, I want to work from home. I want to work part-time. I want to work when I want to work. And these are the tasks in the departments that I want to work with. And I want to make this much money. And the boss said, we can do that. And what did they tell her? They told her, you write your own job description. Send it to us. We'll read it. Sign off on it. And that's what you'll do. After a time of prayer and fasting, what the previous boss said couldn't happen is the exact thing that happened. And who got to decide it? Laura got, y'all, she wrote her own job description, turned it into her boss and said, this is what I'll do for this much money. And the boss said, sure. Prayer with fasting will open up doors that don't get open normally. Prayer and fasting takes you to a level. Prayer with fasting lets you access a, a level of power that is not accessible until you crucify this flesh. Jesus said that in Mark chapter 9. Uh, let me read it. Mark 9, 27. Mark 9, 27. Man, I'm on fire right now. This is powerful. Mark 9, 27. This man brings his son to the disciples. Jesus is up on the mountain. He's praying, and he comes down. Now think about this. He does, it doesn't say specifically in the scripture he's on the mountain praying and fasting. But when he comes down, he talks about prayer and fasting. And we don't see him bringing down a Chick-fil-A bag. So, you know, we, we, I would assume he's up there praying and fasting. Because when he comes down, this man has brought his boy who is demon-possessed. And this demon constantly vexes and convulses him and causes him to fall to the ground and foam at the mouth. It's a demonic 
sickness that's on this boy. And the disciples who Jesus had anointed and laid hands on who went about healing the sick and casting out devils couldn't cast this devil out. And the man comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I brought my son to your disciples and they couldn't get the devil out of him. And Jesus commands the deaf and dumb spirit, that unclean spirit, to come out of the boy. And the spirit does. Now he convulses a little bit. Satan, look, when you command Satan to leave on the authority of Christ, to leave, and he shows out a little bit, don't get afraid. He's still leaving. He's just showing out one last time. And that's what he did. And then the disciples came to him, but Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose, the young boy. Verse 28, and when he had come into the house, later on, the disciples asked him privately, you know, Lord, this is a little bit embarrassing, but uh, why couldn't we cast that devil out? Verse 29, Mark 9, 29. So Jesus said to them, this kind come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Guys, this devil... This authority of evil needed a higher level of consecration. It needed a higher level of consecration of prayer and fasting. It needed a little bit higher level of consecration. You know, uh, again, our personal testimony with our daughter. She's a miracle baby. Laura got so many reports. You know, if you have babies, it's going to be very hard very hard if and going a long time believing God for children let me tell you something there were many times I prayed with fasting and set my face before God and just worshiped the Lord and just instead of eating lunch I'm praising God Lord I thank you children are my inheritance children are an inheritance from the Lord and I receive my inheritance you said a righteous man that has children is like those that has many arrows in his quiver, Lord. Fill my quiver, God. Fill my quiver in Jesus' name. And we've got it, we've got it. precious Naomi, our daughter, right now, and more to come, praise God. And they're gonna, and let me tell you something. The daughter said, if you get pregnant, Laura, it's gonna be rough. A complication-free pregnancy, labor, and delivery. No complications. Smooth sailing the entire time. No problems. Nothing wrong ever the entire time. I mean, so, so many times, I know, I know I'm biased. She's my daughter. But this isn't me just making something up. So many medical professionals, nurses, doctors, from the time she was born to checkups. Man, she's just perfect, isn't she? You, they use that word, perfect. I, we don't tell them. Well, we think she's perfect. Yeah, you're right, she is. No, I just, well, she's just perfect. She just checked out perfect. Wow, perfect. Yeah, in the, you know, when she's checking out her hearing's baby. Oh, hearing's perfect. Oh, eyesight's perfect. Wow, perfect. Perfect, 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 perfect. Hey, say, there are some things that require a higher level of consecration. And I hope you understand today what I'm talking about. is not just, it's not just, it's not just, I ain't going to eat. No, it's instead of this natural, instead of this natural activity, eating, instead of spending time feeding the body, I'm going to feed the spirit. That's all it is. It's just doubling down. I'm going to feed the spirit. I'm going to feed the spirit even more. I'm going to feed the spirit even more. And, and, and let's finish up <clears throat> before we pray. Isaiah 58. I know I'm keeping you a little bit longer, but Isaiah 58. 
Hey, Miss Margaret, good to see you on Facebook. Notice this. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? What will it do? What will it do? Verse 12. From those among you, you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. When you pray with fasting, you enter into a time, you enter into a time to carry anointing, to see a breakthrough on the behalf of other people so often. Uh, we, we mentioned it, Moses, Daniel, Jesus, Peter, uh, Paul. They prayed and fasted on behalf of other people. They did it so they could carry the power of God to shake the world around them. The apostles, they prayed with fasting so that literally they turned their world upside down. The structure of the system of their society was turned on its head because they spent time feeding their spirit and they pushed that plate away. And so again, this is a general overview. There's so many good resources out there. Again, my brother, evangelist Ted Shettlesworth Jr., Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting. That's a great one. But there's a lot of different authors that have written good biblical teaching. Dr. Miles Monroe, Understanding the Purpose of Prayer, uh, Understanding the Purpose and Power of Prayer. He has an entire chapter on fasting. There's a lot of great teachings. Learn some more about it and incorporate it into your life. Add it to your life. It will change your life. It will change your life, you know. And uh, hey, Miss Barbara on Facebook, good to see you. And and remember, you know, prayer with fasting, it, it, biblical fasting is pushing food away. Let me just say that. Well, I'm going to fast TV. Look, you can't fast TV. Why can't you fast TV? If you could fast TV, that means before the creation of the television set, every person on the planet fasted TV, Christian or sinner. A biblical fast is pushing the food, is pushing food away. It's not feeding the flesh so that or so that you can feed the spirit. Well, I'm going to fast chocolate. That's a diet. You can. There are entire civilizations who have lived from birth to death and never ate chocolate. Though I'm a chocoholic. No, I'm not. I have dominion over chocolate. I'll say this: I love chocolate. I enjoy chocolate. I think chocolate will be served at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I think there'll be chocolate, all kind of things there. Praise the Lord. Amen. But it, you, that's a diet. That's a diet change. Biblical prayer and fasting is I'm pushing food away as a whole. I'm pushing food away so that I can feed my spirit. And again, this is a general overview, but don't be afraid. You're not going to hurt yourself doing what God commanded you to do. Study the Word. See what it is. Get some good teaching resources. Come to me. Message me. I'm happy to help you. I'm happy to help you because I will say this. Prayer with fasting has changed my life. And it puts your spirit in just a, a, such a different plane of understanding. It put I love dark chocolate, Suzanne. I, that, I love dark chocolate. You, you're speaking my love language now. Pr prayer and fasting just puts your spirit at a higher plane of authority and power. It, it just You just get to a different perspective. You realize, man, this world is just not what I see, what I feel. It's just not. It's not what my stomach says. And you'll be surprised how much voice that stomach has but when you get that voice of the stomach quiet you realize man you know what he isn't that big of a guy this is okay i don't have to just do what i feel what i think what i see no i'm going to do what god commands me to do i'm going to do what the word says 
and I'm going to be blessed in it. Before we leave, before we leave, I want us to read, I want us to pray this right here, Isaiah 58, 12. Those people, you and I, we will build the old waste places. Think about this in the context of our nation. I don't want America. Many of you are watching and listening. Some of you are out of, out of America, but pray this for your nation. I know, you know, we've got some different people from the UK listening and whatnot, different Australia, India. Pray this for your nation. But specifically, in my nation in America, we have a Christian heritage. But we're living, I say we generally, the nation as a whole, it seemed to as gravitate into this, what people call, post, I don't even like saying it, but post-Christianity. I want us to believe God to move through us as a church gospel tabernacle, as the body of Christ in our nation, so that we will build the old waste places, so that we'll raise up the foundations of many generations, so that we will be called repairers of the breach and restorers of the streets to dwell in, restorers of the paths to dwell in. I want us to pray that the Lord would use us, His people, to repair and restore our city, our state, our nation, and see this nation turn from its sin. Let's pray right now. Let's go before the Lord in faith and pray believing we receive. Father God, we thank you. We give you glory and I give you praise, God, for you are the prayer answering God. Lord, I thank you for every precious person that's listening and watching, whether live or on the replay or on the podcast, Lord. Bless them with a special blessing, Lord. Let your hand of mercy be heavy upon them. Let them see your goodness so evident in their life as it truly is, Lord. For we thank you, God, when we pray, you hear our prayers, Lord. Your ear is wide open and your eyes are looking on us because you have found people whose hearts are turned towards you, Lord. Lord, move through us by the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost to be people, men and women of God, who will build up the old waste places in our church, in our state, in our nation, Lord. Raise us up to raise up generations. Let us see many generations from very young to very old, everyone being affected by the latter reign of the Holy Ghost, Lord, in our nation, Lord. Raise up foundations for many that they become righteous and receive salvation, Lord. Lord, let us be called repairers of the breach, Lord. Teach us how to repair the broken places by the Spirit, Lord, and intercession and the teaching of the Word and the increase of the gospel. Let us repair the broken places in the spiritual walls of our nation, Lord. Let us be restorers of the paths of righteousness in our nation, Lord. Give us opportunities to win people to Christ, Lord. Lead us to people today and tomorrow that we can invite to church, that we can win and tell about Jesus, that we can pray for and see the sick healed, Lord God, and the devil possessed, delivered and set free, Lord God. Let us be people who carry your anointing, and we thank you that we're filled with your anointing and carriers of your power. In Jesus' name, Lord, we believe it for a great turnaround. You are a God of the turnarounds. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, won't you type amen. Type amen. Hey, I've got, as I said, I got a giveaway. Abide in Christ. 
by Brother Andrew Murray. This giveaway, Friday, it goes to Miss Suzanne. You've been diligently watching and sharing. So many of y'all have. But random pick, Miss Suzanne, you're the winner for this week. Next time I see you, I'm going to put it in your hands. I'm thankful that all of y'all have joined me. I'm so thankful that you've watched and listened. And remember, today's Friday. They're saying we're going to get a little bit of snow, I guess. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But I'm believing that we'll be in church this coming Sunday, that there'll be clear, safe roads. may just be a little bit chilly. But, but this coming Sunday, 10.30 a.m., regardless, I'm going to be teaching on the power of the name of Jesus in prayer. And that will officially finish up this series, When You Pray. So come see us. Be in person. Sunday, Gospel Tabernacle, 743 East Main Street, 10.30 a.m. Of course, we're live streaming all over the interwebs, wherever you may be. But if you can make it in person, be there. Be there. And I pray that you have a blessed rest of the day. Hey, come here. They'll want to see you. Come here, baby. Look. Look who just joined me. Look who's here. Naomi, can you see yourself? Can you say hello to all the people? Look. Naomi, look. Look. You see? Hey. Look, you see it? Say hey. Say everyone have a good week. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> all right, everyone. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you. God bless. Hey, I want to say thank you for joining me on this episode of Faith for My Generation podcast channel. Please do us a favor. Leave a five-star review. It helps us get this message of the gospel and the word of God out in front of more people. It really does help. And until next time, remember, we are the faithful. God bless.